It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Process the bottom line. Josh Silverberg and Lyle Gillen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the only wrestling talk show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Lyle Gillen is out tonight. Um, not feeling well under the weather, but that's okay. We'll miss him, but he will be back next week. But we have Mr. Alex Slows. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Josh. It's been an amazing week for wrestling again. We had the Blood and Guts pay-per-view, the free pay-per-view for AEW. Uh, we have a lot of different news to get into, including New Japan Pro Wrestling and also MLW. So I can't wait to talk about that. It's going to be a great show, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. And again, if you want to call us, 203-903-8271. That's 203-903-8271. We also have Carl Kulash, who will be joining us at the 9 o'clock hour. He is from the show, The Sports Hit List. He will be joining us at that time. He's going to give his intake on the WWE, NXT, Roman Reigns. or He was going to have a debate with Lyle, but Lyle is no longer here tonight. But that's okay. Um, so... Pretty much, Carl will be on 9 o'clock. We'll get the two of them to debate it at some point, maybe next week or the week after, something like that. We will figure things out. But Carl will still be on with us at 9. A couple of things. How can you download our app? Well, it is quite simple, okay? Here's how you listen to us, and it is free. Before you type in WWSRN in the Apple Store, if you have an Android, you go to the Google Play Store, you type in Worldwide Sports, click install. You get all of our show schedules, all of our show content clips that you maybe want to hear again maybe you missed the show you want to rewatch it or re-listen to it if you're driving you can listen to the audio feed as well you can also play it on your smart speaker at home you can tell alexa play wwsrn or i think it's worldwide sports show play it right on your smart speaker again all of that is free you get all of our articles that all of us here right at the network and all of the like i said if, if there's something you might have missed something you want to re-listen to rewatch. You can. You also can message us on Facebook as well under the messenger. I uh, I will read those messages to you if you want to message us on there. And Alex, if you want to plug the website as well. So we have a website for Off The Mat, and you can check out that website. It is available in our Twitter bio, at Off The Mat, WWSRN. That is our Twitter. You just click on click on the link in our in our bio. It's also in our Facebook profile on our Facebook page, and it will take you to the Off The Mat website. You can view uh, the shows and pay-per-view schedule, which I put together. You can also check out our announced guest list for the June 15th anniversary show of Off The Mat, our one-year anniversary. Right at the Absolutely, and that's the beauty of it. And again, everybody can uh, message us. You know, you can talk to us on there and Everything of that sort, but again, Lyle Gillen is, uh, you know, not here tonight, so that's okay. 
I look at it, look at it this way. I guess we'll be able to talk more, and there won't be as many rumors. So much to get into. Again, we're gonna have Carl on at, at nine o'clock. A lot that we need to discuss. We'll get to some New Japan. We're gonna get into MLW. We're gonna mm-hmm. get to all that. But we have to start with what transpired uh, this past Wednesday. That was on AEW Blood and Guts, and what a great and epic match! Absolutely, absolutely. Was. Alex, what were your thoughts when you got a hold of that match and you saw that match at an entire thing? When I saw that match, I was thinking about the the uh, discussion we had last week, and I said I predicted this would happen. I said either they're going to pummel Chris Jericho at the end of the match. Or a, a brawl is going to ensue right towards the end of this event. And Josh, it was it was a great matchup. I enjoyed every second of this matchup. Uh, some fans were really upset about how the how this match ended, how the uh, blood and guts main event ended. I I thought it was good. I thought it was well planned out, very well executed. So I, the problem I see is these are like fans who don't understand. <laughs> the inside business and the behind the scenes stuff of wrestling. And like, this is, this is just how, this is how they planned it out. This was how it was going to go. And when we saw, I think it was because of the padding below that, because they put padding underneath the, underneath the uh, stage. So when Jericho went through, uh, it was, it was, it was kind of obvious, but too obvious. So I can kind of understand why some fans were upset. But regardless, I did love the finish. I thought the main event was great. And uh, what uh, M- M- I, MJF, my favorite part of the matchup, I got to say, Josh, was when Jake Hager and Wardlow came face to face. And that that's Jake, Jake Hager's uh, playground, man. MMA, all that being in a cage, he's used to that. So getting to see Jake Hager use some of his MMA style and bring that into the wrestling world and into a, a, a main event fight such as this against Wardlow was great. And I liked how Wardlow was bouncing back. Wardlow was trying to uh, compete with Jake Hager and try to put him on the mat, try to keep him down on the mat, but he couldn't do it. I looked at it this way, and I knew this was the way they were going to go. And by the way, Carl, um, <laughs> Carl messaged me. Carl goes, "Come on, Josh, you know you have rumors." <laughs> I don't know if I have any tonight, Carl. And they're not as good as Adam Schefter's. I can tell you that. <laughs> what I thought about the match was it went as expected. Yeah, it did. Uh, so I thought for a split second, I, I went and I watched it. And, you know, there was a part, once they got to the top of the cage, I said to myself, I said, okay, this is where it's going to happen. I know for mm-hmm. a fact he's going to fall off the the, um, the structure and everything. And by the way, to the fans that, you know, they say, oh, it's a concrete floor. Why doesn't it look like a concrete floor? Ladies and gentlemen, God forbid Chris Jericho actually fell on a concrete floor from that far. He'd be almost dead. Yeah, he would be. Okay, I'm, just, I, I, well, you know, because when Matt Hardy fell off the concrete, I fell off the stage into the concrete. Everybody had, had an uproar about it. AEW mm-hmm. was reckless. This is terrible. I don't understand it. Now they don't do it, and everybody's in an up. You can't win. 
It's a simple fact that you can't win. You can't win people over. And it's it, it's 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 so ridiculous to the point that um, you know when it comes to what AEW was trying to, I thought they hit it perfectly. They, they got did. the million it out the park. They hit. They got the million viewership, which I thought was awesome. They were the number one rated TV show um, that night on Wednesday for the first time in its um, history since the inception of the of the of the of the company, which I thought was great. And you look at it this way, when it comes to building, what they did was, you know, Jericho's going to take time off. We know this. The inner circle mm. still doesn't look too weak. I mean, I, I I go back to what I compared it to. Remember, it was the Horseman versus the NWO segment where mm-hmm. Mongo McMichael was handcuffed with Chris Benoit. Mongo said, I quit. We quit. Leave him alone. They quit. Ric Flair was still put in between the the, uh, the the cage door and the structure. And Kurt Henney decided to, regardless, he decided to slam the door on Ric Flair's head. Anyway, Ric Flair was off TV for a while. And that was how they built up more of the NWO. That's the exact same way they did it. The mm-hmm. inner circle was telling Jared, they were telling MJF, don't do it, don't do it, we give up, it's over, it's done. And then... They quit. You threw them off anyway. Threw them off anyway. Didn't even matter. Didn't make a difference. And therein lies how you build something. You're building a team that is supposed to be an unstoppable force. Um, I think AEW hit it perfectly with this match. Oh yeah, it was. They 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 built a lot of good. But even Mick Hart guys, they built a lot. Uh, good stuff with Guevara. They built up even more now in this match. Jimmy Guevara killed in this match. Santana and Ortiz, they were spot on in that match. They, it, It's just amazing. They brought out the side of them they said they were going to bring out. And that it gave me that LAX feel from Impact. And we were seeing that in this matchup. Absolutely. And I got that feel too. I got that vibe with the face paint and everything of that sort. Um, it was kind of almost like gang related, which is what it, it was supposed to feel like, right? It was supposed to get that mm-hmm. vibe of um okay we're, we're, we're gonna be there for, but then you also had the um the pinnacle you know i thought sean spears had a nice match i don't think i don't think he really threads the needle that much in regards to um what they were trying to do with him personally uh, he's the only one i mean i thought ftr did great i thought um what is it i thought mjf Officially made he was already a, a superstar. I think he's slowly turning himself into a megastar. Oh, yeah. Orlo was great. Jake Hager was really good. I thought the match flowed extremely well. And when you look at what AW is trying to do, is you know, they're trying to not just build the top-notch guys, they're trying to build the mid-card roster so then that way they could have a full show and have the pay-per-views go the way they go. Mm-hmm. In regards to like where other companies are just trying to just build the main guys and they don't build the mid-card enough. And that's been a kind of a sluggish situation. I'm not saying any company specifically. I'm saying in general, that's how they go with this. But I thought MJF has officially turned himself into a megastar with this. I really believe that. Um, this is going to be a huge turning point for him. I agree with Lyle's point. I think Hangman is going to get the is going to be the one that ends Omega's reign eventually, probably at full gear in like Novemberish. Yeah. Most likely, that's when you're going to see MJF. MJF is going to then eventually 
get to that point, I think MJF will be the cha- heavyweight champion. I could see either Wardlow or Sean Spears be the um, North, um, not the North American, the TV champion, the TNT champion. And then I think FTR gets the belts, the tag belts. And I think you make them an unstoppable force. And I, you know, they just, <clears throat> excuse me. I think Warlow is the one I got to go with over Sean Spears. And I like both of them very much. I just think Warlow has a little more upside at this point in their careers. But then again, you know, maybe they feel Sean Spears is the guy that can hold the belt and Warlow could just be the muscle in the group. And there's always that way of doing it. Absolutely. Other than the match flowed really well. Yeah, it went absolutely well. And another match, I uh, another thing I liked about AEW Dynamite, uh, Blood and Guts, is how they were they were giving us a sneak peek into the matches that are going to happen on Wednesday. And I, I saw a promo with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, and they were doing a promo, and then out of the back comes Darby Allen and attacks them from behind. Yes. He was holding he was holding his own for a little while and then uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page eventually got the upper hand, outnumbered, and threw him down a concrete stairwell. And I'm surprised that Darby can take so much damage like that. And I'm I'm wondering if if this is going to be a factor when he goes up against Miro. I. I'm curious which way they go with this because I feel like it's too soon for Miro to lose a match, but I just don't see him winning the TNT championship just yet. It's kind of weird because he hasn't had, excuse me, hasn't had much of a singles run. No, he hasn't. And that's the weird thing about this is he hasn't had much. He hasn't had a, uh, he was a Kip Sabian for, who knows how long, a couple months, which I've been saying for the last two months, they need to get the two of them separated. Um, I think Kip Sabian is highly overrated, um, in just my opinion. I don't, I don't think he threads, he moves the needle very much in regards to, he's a talented guy, but his character sucks in my eyes. I think him and Penelope Ford are just very blah. That's just me. Yeah, they uh, haven't me. really focused. They haven't really focused on giving Miro much of a singles run. Well, now, they I think now, they're, now they're going to do that. Now they're going to build him up in, his, in a singles run, make him look good, make him look strong. And eventually he's going to get a title shot, but I, it's too early to call it right now. It's too I early. Think when, you, when you look at how they, what, what they're trying to do with Miro is going to be interesting because let's say he hypothetically does lose this match on uh, tomorrow night, right, Alex? Yeah. So he loses the match. So it's like, okay, he loses. Is he going to be pushed down the stairwell again into the mid-card section where he's just forgotten? Because let's be real here. I thought when Cody faced Lance Archer when the TNT Championship first came out, um, I was on this show... Right, I believe we were on. Did we do the show together? I believe we did. And I yeah, said, did. and I said, Archer should win because Cody doesn't need the belt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because the character is already over. He's a president of AEW. What does he need it for? It's so silly. Archer needs it. He's a mid card talent right now. Let's get him to the point where he needs to be more over. And Cody won it. Archer was pushed down for a very long time in this company. He was became he, he became basically somebody they didn't use for months and months and months. And it just didn't make any sense to me which no. way they were going with him. And it was just like, now they got to, uh, this is a little different now. Oh, 
And the reason why it's a little bit different is is Darby Allen is Darby Allen is so over right now, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like, do you want to end that momentum of Darby? And the problem is, if you end the momentum of Darby, does it look kind of weird that Miro is now the TNT champion? Is it too soon? Is it too fast for him? This is such a complicated match. I think it's going to end in disqualification. That's what I think they're going to do. They're going to make Yeah, heroes. I think Kip's going to get involved and it's going to end. No, up. I don't even think Kip's going to get involved. It's going to be they're going to they're going to get they're going to make Miro look like a million bucks and then Page and and Scorpio Sky are getting involved. Mm-hmm. And they're going to beat up Darby and it's going to cause a disqualification and then that's how he's going to win. Nah, I think that's that that's generally the booking way of doing it. If they if you can't figure out which way to go on the on the result, I think that's the route they should take. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> you know, I don't know what are your thoughts on my idea of of, of that? I think it's a. I think it'd be a smart decision to to go. Because, like you said, if you not if you take the TNT Championship away from Darby, what's left for him to do? Where 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 does he go? Does he go down to being a mid Carter? Does uh, do they put him in in a a tournament for the AEW World Title? I don't know. I just think Darby will, ne- Darby will never be a mid Carter. That's the yeah, thing. he's way too. How would, how would they he's present not him lose. something like that? No, he no, he's not going to lose the title. He's not gonna lose. It's going to be a disqualification. It's going to go that route. They're going to have it happen that way. The interesting thing I want to talk to you about, good sir, is you and I went a little bit back and forth on Twitter this past week. Ha ha! That never happens, right? Usually, Alex and I always get along, but this time we did not agree on it. I said for double or nothing. That Pac should be the easy decision win to face Kenny Omega at double or nothing. You then started with saying Orange Cassidy should be the mm-hmm. one. I said you're on drugs. In the words of Errol <laughs> Marks, I said you are on drugs. Okay. I said, do you really think? And by the way, double or nothing is having full capacity. Oh. I believe they're doing full capacity. Are they? If I'm mistaken, I believe. If we can look that up um, afterwards, um, Alex, if you want to look that up while I'm speaking, um, just that you're going to type in double or nothing full capacity on Google. And then if they are going full capacity, is that really the mat? Is that really the is Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega really, really, really going to get you excited about it? When you've seen Kenny Omega and Pac have an unbelievable chemistry together. It is full capacity? It is full capacity. So that's what I'm saying. Is that really what you want to throw at the fans? For the biggest pay-per-view of AEW's year, you want to have Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy. And I like Orange Cassidy. I do. He should not be wrestling at the biggest pay-per-view of the year for AEW in the first full capacitated crowd audience coming back to AEW on double or nothing. Pac is the better wrestler. They had an unbelievable match together at all out when they had the fit, when he had the fill in uh, for Moxley. Pac is to me is one of the most underrated talents in the world today. Orange Cassidy is a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a cool character. He's a good wrestler. He's not on Pac's level of wrestling. He's not. 
And for those that think he is, well, again, when you say it, you're on drugs, okay? So stay off the weed, okay? So stay off the weed. That's how I'm going to leave it at that. It should, it's a breezy, no-decision brainer. You've seen the Pack Omega match before. It was a hit match. Do it again. Biggest pay-per-view of the year. Those two have the most similar styles of any of the two in AEW in regards to Omega and Pack. Let it happen that way. I will let you now rebuttal, sir. So, Josh, I have to disagree with you because we the fans, they need to see something new. And as, as Excalibur would say, you got to give the people what they want. And I think this would be a great a great matchup in front of a full capacity crowd. Uh, even though Pac is a good wrestler and he is skilled in the ring, I just think having Orange Cassidy in the fold uh, and being able to compete on, against somebody who is well-known in the wrestling business, has been all over the world, won multiple titles in Japan, I think this would be a great way for Orange Cassidy to, to uh, make himself known, make his presence more known out there, and uh, really put on a really great show show of wrestling and mat work because we've seen him we've seen him put on great matches before, and he's really over with the crowd, and he he plays this cool he gets into the head of everybody, all of his opponents. Even even people backstage that he comes across during the show of AEW Dynamite, he gets into the head of them, and he's so good at doing it. And for example, uh, Pent- Penta El Zero Miedo, uh, he, him and Orange Cassidy had a match. He was tapping into the mind of Penta El Zero Miedo and messing with him. And Penta did not take too kindly to it. And it was a back-and-forth battle. It was a back-and-forth matchup. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, we, that's, what we, that's what we would get with Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega. It would be a very close matchup. And it would be exciting. It would be fast-paced. And Orange Cassidy, he's been in the, vi- in the business for a while, but not as long as Pac. But I still think that Orange Cassidy needs to have a title shot. He needs to have a chance to make a first impression. And I think this would be the, the, the right direction to go. I just, like I said, when I look at how, what they're trying to do, you, I know, I know Alex, you say, Alex Scalper says, give the people what they want, but I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> you might not want it. I doesn't want the, it either. Maybe you know, the fans want, want it. I want it nothing. I, I mean, I, I listen, I understand Orange is the bigger character because he's more of a fun character. He's funnier. Yeah, he does. He's he funnier. Stands, he, he puts his hands in his pockets and he does crazy moves and he does these things. He's cool. He's cat. He's a guy that I think does some edibles before he does matches. That's just my take on the whole thing. Um, My thinking is, Pat, to me, is just the... I, I, the better it, it would just flow better now look i think they're i think it's good they're gonna give it to cassidy i do um i think they are going to give it to him how do i feel about listen if aw could turn it into a good match fine if they i i, I guess with a full crowd 
Cassidy will be over more. We know who's going to win, right? Like, we know who's going to yeah. win the match. We I all mean, it's going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you know it's going to be um, Omega. Like, Omega's going to win the bout. We, we understand that. It's all about how the presentation is going to look. And, and to me, I just think Pac would be the better flow, the guy that has the more chemistry with him. That's just my take on it. We can disagree and agree all you want. But, Alex, you cannot sit here and tell me that. If Will you be disappointed if Pac won the match? Not at all. Not at all. I would still go for it either way. Orange Cassidy or Pac, I, I still want a great presentation. I still want a close battle, a never-say-die battle between either Kenny Omega and Orange Cassidy or Pac. I'm just saying, though, I, I think when I look at it, I think it's got to easily I, – I, I just think it's a no-brainer. Like, you, you cannot sit here and tell me that the, when the fans, by the way, are coming back to full capacity – what do you think they would rather? I think Orange Cassidy in a mid-card match is fine. But for the heavyweight championship in the first biggest crowd since the pandemic? I mean, that would be just, uh, in my opinion, a, a crazy scenario where you look at it this way. Kenny Omega, you know, is going to win the match regardless. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. It's also about what they're going to build up. What else is Double or Nothing? Which we're, we're going to get to Double or Nothing and, and, and New Japan um, in, in a couple of minutes after the break. We're done. Like I said, I think it's an easy decision. I think you, you think the fans want Orange, but I think the fans would rather have Pac because of the Pac, of the Pac Omega chemistry together with the two of them. I, I mean, like I said, I, I think it's something that AEW seriously needs to think about a little bit more before they go through with this. They need to look at it more. Right. They need to figure out what decision is the best. Absolutely. One. So let's start before we go to breakouts. Go for it. But I don't think Orange Cassidy has relatively had a championship matchup yet, and they need to give him a proper buildup. And when we saw the promo on blood and guts between Kenny Omega and Orange Cassidy, it really caught my attention. It really sucked me in and really – pulled me in as a person who enjoys wrestling. And I think this would be a, the, a great decision for AEW, and it would be a smart move by Tony Khan because not only are you allowing uh, different people to have a chance at a championship, even new people who relatively have not had that chance, but you're, you're, you're building up the card more and you're allowing people to to have have a shot have that chance at something so big well we'll leave it at that because when we come back from break we have some more AEW discussion we're going to um, um, we want we need to get into what the young bucks are do we, we like where the young bucks direction is going and alex is going to give us a new japan pro wrestling update there is this Story that came out about some postponements. We will get into that. Titless, he's going to talk all things WWE with us. We're going to ask him questions, everything like that. We were, like I said, we were so excited about the debate between him and Lyle. And then Lyle is, he's unfortunately not, he's feeling under the weather tonight, so he couldn't make it. 
Um, but we're definitely going to see that for the day. And then we're going to get into our um, – at 9.30, don't forget, we're going to get to some push fire job. We're going to have a little fun with mm-hmm. that. We're going to get into our uh, MOW updates, and then we will get into uh, our finishing. And who knows? We'll see where the time takes us and where everything flows. But, again, we'll be right back. This is Off the Mat here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the Shield of Justice. I'm the Boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you! Oh, it's true! It's true! Now, now, welcome back to Off the Mat with Alex Lowe's, Josh Silverberg, and Lyle Gillen. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second half hour of our first hour here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Off the Mat. I am joined by my co-host Alex Slows. Loud doing is out tonight under the weather, and of course the great Speedy Petey, always producing the show, doing a great job as always. Thanks a lot, buddy, for sure. You're doing a kick-ass job as always. Let's get into it. So there's still more to get into before Carl comes mm-hmm. on at nine o'clock. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're gonna get to New Japan in a little bit, and Alex is gonna update us on what's going on in New Japan lately. I've been falling a little behind on it lately. But Alex will, will update me and everything like that and all the fans out there. But got to get into it first. I wanted to get into the Young Bucks, think of the character and, and all of that stuff. Do you like the direction of the Young Bucks being this way? Because in my opinion, I personally see the Young Bucks as eventually swerving and turning on the Good Brothers and Omega and then having a match with the Good Brothers for the tag team titles. I don't know when it's going to be. It could be an all out. Um, what are your thoughts on how the character has been so far? Because they're so heelish. It, 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 this is what their natural character was in New Japan and stuff. I didn't bring up on. Absolutely. And I, I love how how they how they're acting, how their personas are as a tag team right now. And with Don Callis leading them and really putting them on that path and direction. I think it's great storytelling. You're adding new layers to the Young Bucks that we haven't seen before. A, a new side of the Young Bucks that's never been told before in AEW. And the fans are now getting this. And I think uh, SCU and the Young Bucks, they have a lot of history together. They've had, they've had a ton of matches against each other and with each other. And I think... Uh, it's going to be an amazing matchup. Um, uh, SCU and Young Bucks definitely have great chemistry. And it's one that's not going to be for the faint-hearted. And I think the Young Bucks are going to look strong in the matchup. SCU is going to have some, some type of control in the matchup for a little while. And then the Young Bucks are going to come back and retain their AEW World Tag Team titles. And uh, I, I, when you look at the Young Bucks... Uh, they're just an amazing team. They've been all around the world together. They've wrestled in Japan, Ring of Honor, uh, Impact, you name it, multiple promotions. And uh, I think they are one of the best tag teams out there next to uh, next to your tag team, Josh, the Briscoes. Oh, you like the Briscoes, huh? Falling on that, but yeah, I tell you, the the accolades that they have are endless. Um, 
Listen, this is the natural young bucks. I think it's going to be a big swerve. I don't think they're going to stay with the course. I think eventually they're going to turn face again, and they're going to turn on Omega and the Good Brothers. That's just the way they're mm-hmm. going to go. Really quick, by the way, I forgot to mention when we came back from the break. Silly me and shame on me as well. Download our app. You download our app by this. If you have an iPhone, you go to the Apple Store. You type in WWSRN. If you have an Android, you go to the Google Play Store. You type in Worldwide Sports. We're also on WorldWideSportsRadio.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope. Here's what you get with the app as well. What you get is our articles, show content, our schedules, any clips that you might like that you want to hear or listen again. Uh, maybe shows that you want to re-listen to. You miss something that you want to watch again. If you're driving, you can listen to the audio feed. It's that mm-hmm. simple. So that way you're not watching the screen while driving because, of course, that's really dangerous. Also, 203-903-8271 is the, is the phone call to call us. 203-903-8271. You can also message, message us excuse me, on Facebook as well. And I will read your messages on the air if you don't feel like it. And also... Alex, if you want to promote the website and also tell the fans how they can also email us um, any comments or anything like that before the show. So begins. you can go to our Off The Map website, which is a Google website link. It is in our Twitter bio. It is also in our Facebook profile, our Off The Map Facebook page. You click on that link, you're going to be taken to our Off The Map website where we have an archive of all of our all of our recent episodes that we've done there are, there is an archive of all the interviews we have done you can see interviews with with uh john alba that we did alicia toot from mlw you name it uh there there there's an a whole archive of that available to you and also we have a, a special announcement page and a show and pay-per-view page to where you can check out the upcoming wrestling shows that are going to happen. Absolutely. And, and we work tirelessly here on Off The Mat and the whole Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We all pitch in and do our part. And it's really growing every single day. It, it really is. And it's only getting better. Absolutely. But we were, sticking with the, we were sticking with the Young Bucks before. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Alex, I wanted to get this opinion on you. Eventually, do you see them swerving, like I said, on the Good Brothers and Omega and fighting the Good Brothers? Absolutely. I think uh, the Young Bucks, eventually, they are going to swerve on the Good Brothers and Kenny, but they're they're not going to make it obvious. No, they're going to take their time. They're going to lie and wait. And then when Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers are not paying attention and they become vulnerable, that's when they're going to strike. I look at it this way. The Young Bucks are trying. It's a story, right? Mm-hmm. It's a long story. This is what AEW does. They don't just jump the gun and do it right away. They do a nice, you know, NXT will do it sometimes too, where they will sometimes, um, you know, they like to drag the story along, which is yeah, great. They, I think it's, it's awesome. Like, kind of, awesome and, idea. You know, when you look at the, what like the think of the Hangman, Kenny Omega storyline, right? Being a former mm-hmm. tag team and stuff like that. I mean, it's a long, long, prosperous story. Where now Hangman's in the is in the Dark Order. Kenny has his own faction with the the Elite again. 
and stuff like that. It's interesting when you think about it that way, because it is crazy how long ago the, um, you know, uh, that Omega and Hangman were just the tag team champions. What was it, about a year ago or so? It was on the Jericho Cruise they won it against SCU, something like that. And, you know, I picture it, and I look at it this way. If this is the route that I think that AEW, and I think they should go, having the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks at All Out, right? It's All Out, right? Not All In? I think it's All Out, yeah. Okay, I can't ever remember. I always get thrown off by at all out. Then you could have that match happen depending on. I, now, look, we've heard the reports that we see that AEW is going to possibly be touring again in, I believe, July. I saw it, uh, Florida, Miami, Florida. They have a show set and in Texas, too. Mm-hmm. There are two shows lined up in Texas, which I think is. Awesome. I look at it as well as this is going to be a huge thing because now you're going to have live crowds back. There's certain types of matches you want to save for the full audience. You know what I'm saying? Not just the 800, 900 fans at um, at Daly's place. You want to have it for the full arena, 8,000, 9,000, 10,000 fans. Um, if, yep. if, if you can do that, there's certain robberies. There's certain, like, we didn't, like we didn't get FTR versus the Young Bucks. Mm-mm. In front of a huge live crowd, we we got in front of a couple hundred, but it wasn't in front of a live crowd. No, and, I mean it was a live crowd. You know what I mean? Now it was yeah, a live no, crowd, I, but it wasn't right. full blown audience. Yeah, like it was half filled, not even half. It was a, not even barely a quarter filled. The thing of it is, is that when AEW, there there's certain matches they want to wait for for things to happen, things to explode because they know what the fan reaction is going to be. And the thing of it is, is that the fan reaction is going to add to the element of how well the match goes because the fans are going to get so hooked and in tune with the cheering and the booing and the this and that. It's going to get the wrestlers motivated. It's going to get them excited. It's going to get them to the point where, you know, it's going to bring out the best in people. So to me, I I think there's certain matches they're going to wait for, um, which is the right call, I think. We'll see going forward uh, how they go about this. Is there anything on AEW, Alex, that we missed that you want to discuss a little bit more? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to this Wednesday's Wednesday's match. Yuji Nagata versus John Moxley for the IWGP US title. This this is a match that I've been waiting for for a long, long time. Because I've been watching New Japan for two years. And... I, I, this is a big dream match for me because in my mind, eventually I knew this match was going to happen, but now we're getting it. Now we're going to see Blue Justice, Yuji Nagata against the unscripted violence, John Moxley, and it's going to be a hard-hitting battle between these two. It's not going to be for – it's, it's going to be a war. It's going to be a fight, and – it, it, it's 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 a great decision by AEW and a great decision by New Japan, which ultimately leads to... Right, they've already had Kenta versus Moxley. So now you're going to have Nagata versus Moxley. Clearly what New Japan is going to do is eventually I think they're going to expand on this partnership. And I know we discussed... Um, I, I, I know we discussed this um, uh, when... Um, like I said, we we, we discussed uh, to the point where, you know, 
we honestly didn't think this would ever happen. No. Right? This would ever happen. Now you got Impact, AEW, New Japan all working together. Um, so, really quick, Alex, we'll get to some New Japan, then we'll take a little break after. We'll get to Carl when we come back from the break. So, if you mm-hmm. want to get to some New Japan quick. Yes. So, I was reading this the other day, and I shared this off the air with Lyle and Josh. On, uh, on Friday, May 7th, the Japanese government announced an extension to state of emergency. As you know, in Japan and Tokyo, they are in a lockdown from COVID-19 and the infection rate and the status in order to prevent any potential further spread. And New Japan has arrived at the, the, the uh, decision to postpone Wrestle Grand Slam and the events in Yokohama Stadium and the Tokyo Dome that were scheduled for May 15th and May 29th. What do you think about this, Josh? Does this, did you see this coming? Did you know, did you, was this in the back of your mind that you kind of had an idea that New Japan was going to have to cancel their events? No, I didn't. I thought everything was going smooth sailing over in Japan and I thought everything was uh, status quo. Um, this also makes me think that Wrestle Dynasty is not going to happen because they're not going to take the chance of sending all their roster, their entire roster over to the U.S. right now. I think next year is when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was quite surprised that they did go this route. Um, disappointed, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it is disappointing. Because I, I, I was looking you know. forward to it. I was looking to seeing Okada and Will Ospreay go at it for the IWGP a heavyweight championship. That was a match I was really looking forward to, and I was looking forward to seeing Dangerous Techers take on uh, G.O.D. And I was I was ready. I was pumped. I was, I was excited for these events, and now we're just going to have to wait. And I, I also found out the other day that 14, of, 14 people of New Japan staff and performers – can't uh, or are positive with COVID nineteen. So as a result of PCR testing, this is the article from New Japan on their website. Two wrestlers who presented with fever on the day of May fourth event were immediately tested in accordance with COVID COVID protocols, with tests returning positive. In light of this, and obviously news- they're not going to not to cut you off, Alex, but obviously they're not going to release the names because of no patient not. protocol. Never release the names. It's illegal. Yeah. But go on. In light of this news, all those who had contact with the infected parties, in addition to every wrestler on the roster, received PT- PCR tests. But for further, a further seven wrestlers testing positive. So this is r- not looking good for New Japan. This is looking really bad. I don't know what the future holds. I'm just surprised. Them. I'm really surprised. Yeah, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I'm absolutely shocked because... I, I didn't think this was going to happen. I, I felt like New Japan had good control over this and were really watching who they allowed into the venues, the stadiums, uh, all the safety guidelines and protocols. And it's, it's something every wrestling promotion needs to be careful with, even larger promotions and smaller promotions. They need to watch who they allow into the event because anybody could have it. And then it's going to spread, and then you have this problem where you have to cancel events and events everybody was looking forward to. People that are paid really good money 
to see these series of series of events and now you have to cancel them. It's weird because, like I said, I thought everything in Japan was good. I'm just trying to figure out what could have went wrong because it really seemed like everything was going well. They really spread everybody out in the events. They mm-hmm. didn't go near anybody. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's tough to... It could have been unnecessary movement from outside. They could have allowed... What do, you, what do you mean by that unnecessary movement? Do you mean like... Backstage and where everyone is backstage and people being crowded together and people coming through where they're not supposed to be, that kind of thing. Gotcha. I mean, I mean, I think it's something that when you look at the whole entire thing, I mean, this is going to set them back now, too. Yeah, it is. This is going to really set them back to the point mm-hmm. where it is now. Oh, man. It's a shame. Because it, it seemed like they were getting everything together. So when is the next event do you think that's going to happen then? Uh, they, they said, well, the article on the website says that they will update people when uh, further information when Grand when Wrestle Grand Slam and other events on the New Japan schedule going forward are rescheduled to later dates. I don't know. It just I don't, seems I don't like, think these events are going to happen. No, I don't think anything's going to happen for a while now. No. I mean, I'm it, thinking the next two it's, months. It's, yeah, I'm it's, thinking August. They get back up and running again in August again. Yeah. That's what I think. Because I mean, if if you're if you're what you read was true and that people are infected, um, and everything well, like that, in a show. state of emergency, they're in a lock a lockdown for crying out loud. They're in like a really bad lockdown. Well, we'll leave it at that because we're gonna go to a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna have Carl Kulaj. He's gonna come on from the sports hit list. He's going to talk to us. All about the WWE, all about NXT. What are his thoughts on Roman Reigns as the head of the table? I know how he thinks. Wait till you hear how he thinks for those that have never heard of his opinion. We'll be right back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Off the Man. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Off the Mat with Alex Lowe's, Josh Silverberg, and Lyle Gillen. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I know we're a little early, and if we end a little early tonight, it's okay. It's okay. We we, we went over like 15 minutes last week, so I mean, <laughs> it's all right if that happens. Welcome back to Off the Mat here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Really quick, here's how you download the app for the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What you do is if you, have a, if you have an iPhone, you type in WWSRN. If you have an Android, you go to the Google Play Store, you type in Worldwide Sports and the iPhone, Apple Store. Here's what you do. You dump show schedules. If you miss something, if you love the sports hit list, right, Carl? If you love the sports <laughs> hit list, there you go. You, you want to rewatch clips of Carl saying things about Roman Reigns, baby. You want to download it? Well, you got to download the app because it's free. All right, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on Periscope. We are on every single social media platform. You name it, we got it. Check us out, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. 
Com. Well, he's back. It's been a long time, but he's here. He was ready for a debate. Yeah. The other half yeah. Of the debate went down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really schedule that part of the debate. Ladies Please, gentlemen, let's do it. Hey, man, listen, I'll try to debate with you, but the problem is I, I'm probably going to agree with what a lot you say. So that's the thing. <laughs> I wonder how Alex feels about that. No, man, I'm curious. We're going <laughs> to sneak it. He's sneaking under the rug like that. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, he's on the show, the Sports Hit List. He's on other shows on, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Carl Coulage. How you doing, man? Great, man. Thanks for having me. First and foremost, it's a pleasure to, to talk some wrestling. Uh, as you know, pro wrestling is, uh, I like to say pro wrestling is tied with NBA of my loves. If I had to pick one, if you put a gun to my head to pick one, I probably couldn't choose. I'd be dead because I love them both <laughs> equal. So it, it, it's really hard. Yeah, I'm honest. And it's mostly, I, I guess, you know, it's tough because uh, I guess I don't consider myself a pro wrestling fan. I'm also consider myself a WWE fan, WWE loyalist. Um, I do tap into some of the other pro wrestling programs, but I'm a WWE's in my blood. So um, again, guys, thank you so much. And you guys are doing great work on the, on the network. Hey man, thanks again. We Thank appreciate you. it. It's always your show as yo, man, with the, with the sports hit list and the B show and everything like that. It's all doing really well for the network for sure. And of course, and there's so many other shows that you have that's of course because of you that has happened on this network. So without you, a lot of these shows don't happen. So we appreciate you as always. And we wanted to get you on. Um it, it, it was it was so crazy because I'm reading the, the, the group me messages and I'm seeing <laughs> You and Lyle are talking, talking, talking. And then also Errol just says, look, you said it first, Carl. You said, why don't I come on uh, off the mat? We could discuss this. And then Errol was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go on. <laughs> Let's do it then. Let's do it. Let's get a debate. And you know how Errol is. He likes friendly competition. That's what it is. That's all yeah, about Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, there's no bad blood. Uh, I debate. It's like blood sport. And then I shake your hand and we have a drink after. You know, it is what it That's is. That's what I love. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I hope Lyle feels better. I'd really like to have the conversation because uh, when we were just talking, I don't know who started it off, but he just said something and he was like, oh, Roman Reigns is just average or he's not that great. And I was just like, what are you talking about? And it kind of set me off. And it doesn't take much to set me off. So that's why, that's why I'm here. And I'm here to make my case for the tribal chief. We show up and we win. So it is what it is. <laughs> love it. And I got to tell you, I love the new theme song that he has. I do. I think I dig it. I, I love it personally because I think it's just – we had to get rid of that shield yeah. kind of feel, the feel yeah, right? We, we had to open the next chapter. Yeah, I, I I think it that was the last piece of the shield just gone. You know, like that was the only thing left associated with the shield, clearly when Dean left for AEW. Um and Seth is on to his new he went on to his new gimmick of, you know, um what he went on to and then Roman. But I think that was the last piece. Um do I love it? I wouldn't say I love it, but it's different. But I think it was needed. It was much yeah. needed. I like the beginning of it. With like the opera singing yeah. and stuff, I, I like like the concerto singing and all that. Like I like that, and then it gets into like, kind of like a rappy feel. You know what I mean? Like I'm the boss, I'm the man. Watch out, I'm coming. This is my place. You know, so you, you say this is my yard, but now he's he's the head of the table, right? So it's kind of right. it's a different view. It, no, it's still when you see it, my yard, head of the table. You see it, it's just different words, but he's still basically saying I'm in charge. This is my place. This is my ring. Yeah. 
in regards to Roman Reigns, I know you you love Roman. I have a lot of respect for Roman. I do. I Alex could get his thoughts after on Roman. Damn, I really wish Lyle was here. <laughs> Listen, like I said, just let me know when he's here, and we'll do a part two because I I told I, 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 I that we'll find oh, really love to hear his perspective sure, on because I have to get you two, and I have to. What I have to do is just stand back and let you two just just go. And then, like you said, have a drink afterwards, have some respectful beers, and go for it, man. But my question to you is, what is it about Roman Reigns, Carl, that basically you say is beyond he, – he's more than average. He's a special character in the wrestling business, not just inside the ring, but as a character as a whole. His mic work, the way his promos go, his, his, the way his entrance music is, the way his costumes look now where there's no more shield stuff. It's just looking Samoan a little bit. What are your – like what is it about him that stands out, do you think, that people aren't – getting like somebody like wow that maybe is missing something well i will say this uh if we're talking roman reigns now i love this version of roman reigns i love the version of roman reigns in the shield that time period where he was solo i believe the shield broke up in what 2014 so from about yeah, 2014 to about um 2020 he was like it was kind of on the face it wasn't really Working for me. I mean, his promos, I remember one bad promo he had with Sheamus where he called him the tater tot and, and doing all of that. It wasn't really working. Um, I've always thought he was a great wrestler. I love the whole who and, you know, his, his wrestling abilities. Clearly, the spear is one of the most overused moves in, pro, in, in WWE, but Roman had a way of executing it. He had some great matches. He had a great feud with Braun Strowman. I thought from my issue with early Roman was his promo skills, like where it was just bad. To me, like he couldn't cut a promo and, and it, it was just like it was terrible to watch. It was cringeworthy watching him try to cut a promo and you can tell that he was struggling. And then you had Vince basically, um, you know, force feed us. I remember when he won his first championship, I think it was in Pennsylvania. It was in, in Philly where Vince basically had to come in to save this. Like, like, like blatantly Roman was being uh, forced down our throats. And I thought yeah. it, it was a little bit too much. This version of Roman is is different because we needed him to go heal. It's that whole, you know, Cena was supposed to go heal and he never did. And we always regretted and we ask ourselves, what would Cena be if he did went heal, you know? Um, even though I hate using the word if in, 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 in sports or in anything, but I'm happy that they decided to do it with Roman. Um, and he's owned that he is the head of the table and using the tribal chief angle, which is why I don't understand Lyle's perspective. Right out the gate, he fused with his own cousin, the bloodline. Like, how can you not enjoy that whole story? I agree about with you on that. I like that story. Though. Like, 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 like that was an actual storyline. Yeah. You know, and and that's one thing WWE has been lacking over God knows since when we had a decent storyline and they had a decent feud where they had two solid matches, which led to finally Jay deciding to join the family. Then you had his uh his father and his uncle, the Wild Samoans, come out and honor him and 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 pass the torch. You know, so how how can you not and then you add Paul Heyman as now he's a Heyman guy. He's a a, a, a Heyman guy. You know? was I think that's what they needed. His promos are definitely better. His promos and 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 and, and the way he's going about the whole persona and he's owning being uh, the tribal chief, the head of the table. I, how can you not love it? I'm sorry. Roman's the best thing on on SmackDown. I believe he's the best thing in the company right now especially during this uh, no-fan COVID era of not having any fans. It'd be great to see him with fans, but just the fact that you can see him, even the backstage pro was him just sitting there, his championship behind him, 
Paul, Paul Heyman coming whispering in his ear. Again, those are just perfectly executed to show that he is in charge. He is in charge of the SmackDown brand. So how can you not like that? I, I, I don't get it. Really quick before Alex asked something, because I have something in my head that I want to ask you. Uh, in regards to what Jay Uso is, you brought it up, him and Jay had a feud. Now you're seeing Jimmy back into the picture. Mm. Where do you think that goes? Does Jimmy fall back in line? Does he fall in line? Or is this going to be another feud now after the Cesaro stuff? Which, by the way, Cesaro's earned a championship opportunity. I think I said on our WrestleMania post-show yeah. that we did, it was the name I brought up was Cesaro. I think he's going to be one of the guys next in line. Do you see Jimmy falling in line, or do you see this being a feud for the summer? I'm not sure. I think Cesaro got his championship uh, opportunity a little too early. Uh, I thought Cesaro would have been the one to win Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank is one of my favorite, even though they've been downplaying it. And, and yeah. they've been Otis and then The Miz getting it to be a transitional champ for Bobby Lashley. Um, before I answer that, I just wanted to remind uh, the fans, we are going to be starting to jump on Absolutely. for pay-per-views because, because, it worked, because it worked well with WrestleMania. And I said to the Hitless contributors, I said, do you think this would work for every pay-per-view? Granted, Mania is Mania. But they said, you know what? Let's give it a shot. So... Um, we got the green light. Special shout out to Errol and, and, and Speedy. So there's no shows on Sunday. So now for every pay-per-view, we're going to do a pre-show at 6 o'clock, and then we're going to come on immediately after to review it. So you guys are always welcome to come down and Love have it. a conversation. Uh, we'll yeah. be there for sure. We'll be there for, we should be there for most of them, that's for sure. I know yeah, yeah, for I know. sure. Alex and I will be live. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? We have a lot of, um, in, in our hit list uh, contributors, we have some AEW fans too. So um, I don't know if you guys see. Yeah, I don't know if you see. We have uh, AEW injection every every Thursday morning. I post it to the hit list page. I share it too. Uh, we have uh, Nick Modinaro and Zach Droll who basically review AEW show every tape segment that you could basically catch up on your AEW. As far as Jay, uh, Jimmy's concerned, Jimmy said he's like. You know, I don't have to listen to you. I'm not your. Am I allowed to curse on your show? I don't oh, know. Yeah. Am I allowed oh, to say wow. he's, he's like he, he, Alex. Knows he's we've like had a, we've had enough. Listen, we've had I'll pay the fine. Show. I'll pay the fine later. I'll tell Errol I'll pay the fine later. Listen, he said I'm not your bitch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he said he said it. He said it, and I was like, wow, okay. Jimmy wasn't falling in line because I'm like, it's it's kind of weird. And then Jimmy's torn, and that's great storytelling. It definitely like, is. Like, like, listen, it. when you put in a family dynamic, when you're talking about family, that's relatable to the audience. He's torn between his cousin and his brother. I like that's like, how can you not relate to that? You know, mm-hmm. so I, and how many times have we fought with our cousins and our brothers? So right now, Jim, Jimmy's at the point where he's thinking to himself, I love my bro. Like, I can't let my brother be acting like a sucker, you know, but then he has to think about, you know, he has to help his brother when his brother messes up. Um, he gets himself in situations. Or is he going to fall in line? I don't know. But I definitely like the way they're teasing it. I'm not sure. I think if I were going to write it, right, I would have Jimmy versus Jay. We've never seen that. So, you know, like, 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 no, we, let's haven't. See, we haven't. We haven't seen them because they've been arguably one of the greatest tag teams of this reality or new era. We've never seen them go face to face. I think it'd be a great match. Jimmy versus Jay. You know, it, it, it makes for awesome. And Roman in the middle of the mix. You know, and the one thing I want to say that people may not realize, um, Seth is in that mix a little bit too. Yeah, you know, he is. You know, you got Seth and Jimmy and Jay because Seth cut a promo with Roman backstage, like you know, and he's like, um, "If you don't handle it, I will." So it's kind of like Seth is kind of like tweening his way into the Roman uh, aura. You know, I don't know how that's going to end up playing out, but as far as Jimmy and Jay's concerned, the way I see it, they should have them in a match. 
They should have Jimmy and Jay. Maybe that's leading to them having a match at SummerSlam, potentially, because they can't seem to get on the same page. But that's how I see it. What you got, Alex? So, Carl, what my question for you is, first, how do you compare this uh, SmackDown, Roman being the face 2015 SmackDown? Who, refresh my memory, because sometimes it slips. Who was the face of SmackDown in 14 and 15? Um, I was this before they went over to SmackDown Live on Tuesdays, right? Yes, this was before they went over. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who was the face during that time. I can't even remember. I think it might have been AJ Styles or Jericho. Well, Jericho, well, AJ came, I believe, in 16. I'm not mistaken. So it it, might have been somebody. Who else did you say it might have been? Or Jericho. Or Jericho. Yeah, possibly. I, 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 I think it's incomparable because we don't have fans. And, no, and that's, yeah, and, and and that's really hurting. And I'm still trying to understand what W. Maybe you guys have some insight on it as to why. And we've seen in other sports they've had fans at like minimum capacity. Why is why is he reluctant? And AEW is coming back at full capacity soon. I I believe for their show. Um, yeah, for double or nothing. Yeah, back. for double or nothing, they'll be back. I did read something on Instagram that WWE wants to have live crowds back before AEW does. But they're not having it. And I would expect them, you have WrestleMania with fans, and you go back to the Thunderdome. That's a big slap. Like, that's a big big loss. So the report, this is where Carl, not you, Carl, other Carl, who's a fan of the sports loudmouths, he's going to trash you if he's still listening. (laughs) There was something that did come out that today that said there is a, a report that right now WWE is Madison Square Garden. Wow! In whoa! Ireland. Whoa! Wow! So if that were so if that if I don't know, man. Listen, I may have to break the bank for that one. I don't know. Listen, I haven't been to a <laughs> WWE like event. Listen, here. the last WWE event I went to, I went to a house show. I took my um my father-in-law to a house. He's never been to an event. Shout out to him. He loves pro wrestling, and I t- took him, and it was at the Garden. It was when um, Andrade beat Rey Mysterio for the U.S. Championship. That was the last show I went to in 2019. I haven't been clearly I haven't been to a show since I didn't go to WrestleMania, but I may have to go to that event. I don't know I, I, if it's if, if it's here and SummerSlam is here. I may have to break the bank for that one. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know because I mean, like I said, I look at it this way. I'm trying to think. Though I was supposed to go to AEW Blood and Guts with Lyle. We had tickets to the Prudential Center. Yeah, we had John Alba a few weeks ago. John Alba said if that event would have happened, that would have completely turned the tide for AEW. Listen, I think okay, I think they need to come back with fans at minimum capacity. I don't know if because Vince is probably just COVID, COVID nervous. Um, but stadiums are taking proper protocols. They are testing people. They are taking temperatures at, at doors. Some are requiring that their people are vaccinated. Minimum capacity. He wants to be at full capacity to get the best of it. But fans would come out. I, I think if they started a tour and they go to different arenas again, or unless they have a contract with um, Amway Center, I believe that's where they're doing um, Raw and SmackDown, the Thunderdome, where they can't get out of it just yet because they're there for a certain amount of time. Maybe they're waiting for that to come up, which is why they haven't done it yet. But I think to answer your original question, Alex, I wish I just wanted to see the fans no. react to Roman on a, on, a, on a weekly basis. I would love to see that. That's uh, I like the new Roman Reigns. I like that we're seeing... Uh, a new a new implement to him that we haven't seen before. I got to tell you, the, the one promo that I think Roman Reigns struggled with that I have that in all Roman Reigns promo, and Kurt Angle was there. Mm. And this was on a live episode of Raw. 
And you can see that Roman was trying to get his words out and he got stuck. He got stuck like a deer in headlights and he, he, he didn't know what to say. He didn't know what uh, he didn't know how to present himself in a promo. And now we're seeing him. Uh, we're seeing him in better. We're seeing, we saw him, we've seen him improve massively since then. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, I think it's just a figuring out. It's the same thing with, with The Rock. When The Rock first debuted, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember when The Rock debuted. He debuted oh, at uh, Survivor Series 1996 as Rocky Maivia, right? Mm-hmm. He, was, he sucked. He was terrible. It was awful. It was terrible. It was awful. And the people were chanting, Rocky sucks, because he yep. was so bad. Like, again, it, 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 it's that whole Vince trying to feed someone down our throats. Yeah. Like, he was trying to feed us Rocky Maivia, Rocky Maivia. And then The Rock just embraced him. And what did he do? He went heel. He became The Rock. You see what I'm saying? Same thing Absolutely. with Stone Cold. Same thing with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, granted, Stone Cold when he first came, he was the ringmaster. He was already a heel with Ted DiBiase, and then for Million him, Dollar Corporation. Yeah. yeah, right. So, so he was trying to figure out his character. And um, I don't know if you guys have been watching um, the biographies on EVR. I, I, yeah, I, I did watch the Stone Cold one, and he said the story how he got the nickname Stone Cold. He was with his wife, and she was like, "Do you want the Stone Cold tea?" He got the name, and then he cut the promo. At uh, 90, 1990, I believe it was 1996. Uh, King, of the Ring. King of the Ring after being Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts, right. But then he went heel. So that's the yeah. move. When you want to figure out your character, you go heel. It's the same thing with John Cena. John Cena was, you know, happy-go-lucky, corny character. He said he got on the bus and he was developing. And he said, um, I think he asked Stephanie if he could start to, to, to rap. And that's how you got... Uh, uh, basic thugonomics, he went heel. Mm-hmm. So I, I think in the trajectory of, of history, you know, sticking to tradition, when these guys go heel and they're figuring out their characters, heel is the right way to go. Let me ask you this, Carl. I'm curious. Because uh, I know you said you we all wanted to see John Cena as a heel. Do you think it's kind of easier to have a transition of a character kind of like this when there's no fans there to basically give you any emotion because basically it's Vince saying, okay, Roman is popular as a face with the kids and the women and, the, and selling the t-shirts and doing like the John Cena kind of thing, right? right? But now you make him a heel, there's no fan reaction. So we don't care. We're going to try this out and see where this goes. Do you think they could, if John Cena had to deal with something like this, do you think that's maybe when they would have pushed the envelope? Because there would have been nobody there to give you in any sort of kind Listen, of reaction. I, like I said, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I, I hate that word, if. I don't know if you've seen me in, in the Hitler streets. There's no if in sports, just facts. So I can't prove what would have happened with Cena had he been with no fans. Um, but because I love you guys, <laughs> I'm going to do my best to answer your question. Uh, I, I, think, I, I think Cena, maybe. We all wanted Cena to be, Cena was always a tweener. You know, because like I said, the guys hated him, the girls um, loved him, and the kids loved him. Could you see? Could they have experimented with him now in this era? Possibly, it could, could be possible. But I think I want to see Roman with fans and see what the reaction he gets. Does he still get booed? You know, and I think he got booed after he won. He got booed after at, he won at Mania, and, and yeah, that he was what was about the the Yeah, he got booed after he beat the Undertaker too. Yeah, because people yeah. are favorites of the Undertaker. You know, so I, I I think you know true wrestling fans enjoy good heels. Like like a good, good, good heel, a true wrestling fan will enjoy it. I think Cena, they probably would have tried to experiment because 
technically Roman is the Cena of today. There's really no transcendent star. Like I literally just had this presentation for my uh, second master's class. And we, we had to make like a, a presentation about something that we wanted to change. And my presentation was on how to increase WWE ratings. And I literally said how WWE has no transcendent star. And I think the only transcendent superstar that they have right now is Roman. So, Absolutely. so um, if you put John Cena in that role, could he have been successful? I don't know. Maybe. And that's the one. That's the one thing that concerns me is is there's there's not enough star power for the main roster, and when you bring people up from NXT, for for example, the th- what are they going to do to that character? Are they going to keep him the same way, or are they going to change their change their whole layout from NXT? That's the one thing that that startles me the most because I want these people from NXT who are coming up to be successful, you know. Well, you know what? Here's here's what I say to that. I think I think it's a matter of figuring out. Okay, like WWE has a talent problem where it's there are too many it's too much talent, and I say this all the time. There's way too much talent between you know when you call somebody up, that means you're taking a spot from another person, you know, or or, or they're booking. They don't do a great job of booking everyone the way they should. Like Raw is three hours. Could they maximize their talent and get everybody on the show? Possibly. But again, keep in mind, the more talent you call up, that means it's taken away from somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a meme that had, you know, that showed you how many older wrestlers that they still have. You have guys like Rey Mysterio, Sheamus, Randy Orton, MVP, Bobby Lashley. The list goes on and on and on of stars that were relevant 10 years ago. The Miz. John Morrison, Shelton Benjamin, yeah. Shelton Benjamin, guys that were relevant 10 years ago who are still here now. So it's like, and they're not helping other people grow. They're taking up top slots, you know? So it's like, okay, you have a, Edge is another one, right? So you have a bunch of 40-year-olds who have been, who are past their primes, you would say. They're, they're in their late, uh, I guess you want to say past their primes because everyone hits their primes at a different point. But I think that's the problem with NXT is that you're calling up people, but you're not retiring people who should be retired. You know, like, why is Rey Mysterio, which don't even get me started on that, why is Rey Mysterio in a tag team with his kid? Like, why isn't his kid in a singles bout trying to get, you know, see what I'm saying? Why are we yeah, not having Miz and Morrison feud with Damian Priest? You're not expanding, you're not growing. No, because you're still having the same faces that you had 10 years ago. That's not helping Steve Stars. You know, you had your four horsewomen, you had your Kevin Owens, you had your Seth Rollins. You had your Sammy's kind of at that point where he's okay in the in, in, in the card. You've had some guys who have who have come over. Um, one big mess up was Shinsuke. Shinsuke should have won the championship. Oh, you know that that, that was a big flop. You know, it was. guys like Rusev, who I love, Rusev Day was a big flop. Um, you know, so I, I I think again the only way you're gonna get those NXT stars to get those opportunities is a lot of these older guys gotta step away. They really do because because that that brings me into my next question real quick about Shinsuke Nakamura, and I I honestly think he should go back to New Japan when his WWE contract expires. Because oh, it ain't expiring for a while, Alex. He just signed a brand new one. (laughs) I know, I know, but when it does expire, because WWE is literally doing nothing with him. And like you said, they're calling up people or they're using other people and not allowing Shinsuke to have a spot to have a chance. And kind of disappointing to me. Yeah, it is. I mean, Shinsuke had his, his peak when he fought AJ at WrestleMania. What was it? 30? You guys help me out here. I forget which WrestleMania. But he fought AJ. Oh, when he went, 
past year. He won the Rumble. I believe it was 2018. Seven, was it eight, 2018 he won the Rumble. And then he went on to main event. Yeah, so that match didn't live up to expectations. No, it I, I think I, I think Shinsuke hit his peak, unless you're going to give him another run. But again, you give Shinsuke a run now, who are you going to take that run away from? Cesaro. He's going to be taken away from Big E, which comes to a point of like, all right, someone's going to have to take away their point to give him his opportunity again, which he had a WrestleMania kind of main event. He already had it. He just didn't win it. You see what I'm saying? So like, again, I'm not against Shinsuke winning and going for another push. Yeah. But when you do that, somebody else has to come off the top. Absolutely. They need to redraft, Carl. They need to redraft. They do. I think <laughs> I, I'm serious because I think honestly, um, I think when I when you, when you, when you look at the situation, I think Raw has too many, um, too many faces. No, they have too many. No, they don't have enough. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the, I think there's enough guys on the Raw roster. SmackDown has everybody. Yeah, you know what? I I think Raw has talent. They're just misusing them. That's the problem. It's just they're not putting them in the right spot. Like. I was watching, um, I started watching Raw, right? It takes me like a whole week to watch Raw, totally honest, unless I'm not doing anything because it's so long. So I, oh I watch God, Raw, I watch Raw in spurts. So it's like, I'll wake up, I'll, I'll watch the first 10 minutes. I'm like, all right, I'm getting tired of it now. Then I'll watch another half hour. Like I'm in the middle of it right now, right? So I'm at the Randy Orton, um, that eight man, that terrible eight man tag match, right? So what they do is this, Raw is like, a, like I could predict Raw. They start like, or, or sometimes they'll have like a eight-man tag just to get everybody on the card. A random eight-man tag match between RK Bro and New Day versus Elias and and Amos and AJ Styles and uh, I forget that other guy's name. Um, and now they add uh, Jinder yeah. Mahal back into the mix, right? Yeah, Carter. right. Yeah, it, to me, the, the, there's no story. There's no storylines. Like, uh, uh, like, are you grooming Jeff Hardy who went missing for three months? Are you grooming? Um, are you grooming RK Bro to get a tag team championship opportunity? Because that's what it looks like to me. You know, so it's like there's no story. It's just, let's just put together what we can. Jinder Mahal is just going to magically appear with two random people out of nowhere. And then he's going <laughs> to fight Jeff Hardy and he's back for another run. Okay. Then you're going to have a random eight-man tag. And then the women's match, you had a random, what was it? Uh, another, what is it, a six-man tag? Six-woman tag? Six uh, tag. Then you had Alexa at the front of the uh, entranceway doing her thing. Randomly. Which I Randomly. So, yeah, like you could restructure, I think, just putting them in the right spots. Like, like you could have great stories. Mm -hmm. Just continue. But, like, the only real storyline going on, right? Like, I think it's only two. Umberto Carrillo against Sheamus is a story because, you know, he's the underdog. And then you have the main event. And the other thing I think they're doing is they're overusing the triple threat. You got two triple threat matches already at WrestleMania. I understand it's WrestleMania backlash, but why are we seeing the overusage of, 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 of triple threat matches now? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't add up. And I think no, part of it is, yeah, and think part of it is the fact that there are no fans. WWE um, about your ratings. You don't care about your fans if you're putting out this product. Not, and, and and I understand rest at post WrestleMania season sucks, but this is just bad. Oh yeah, it's awful, and it, it, the ratings the ratings show it every week. The ratings drop continuously every week for Monday Night Raw, and it's so disappointing because I remember when Raw was at four million or five million a couple years ago. And now they're just sitting at one to two million views a week. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, I, I did the presentation and I, and I was look, literally looking up the numbers of the ratings. Back during the Monday Night Wars, Rock was averaging like six to seven million people a week. Now it's came, came to scratch too. Why is that? You know, because Vince doesn't care about, like, again, there's no great storylines that are going to keep us 
interested. Like, yeah. I, like I'm still interested because my mentality is if I don't watch, I'm going to miss something good. <laughs> so I always watch it. You know? like, yeah. I'm always in fear. Like, if I miss Monday Night Raw, I'm going to miss that, oh, my God moment. You know? So, and plus, I, it, it, it keeps me entertained. But sometimes I'm just scratching my head, like, why do I do this to myself? I'm, I'm, I'm that one fan that consistently watches, but also bitches and complains and about it. I got a story to tell you guys real quick because my friend, he used to be a, a hardcore WWE fan. Uh, me and him grew up watching WWE together. We grew up watching The Shield when they came in, The Wyatts when they came in, uh, who else? 3MB, which was not very good. So you're about like 2012, 13-ish, right? Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, my friend was such a big WWE fan, and what really knocked him off of the, the whole WWE product was just how Vince McMahon just keeps throwing story, uh, keep th- keeps mixing people in, throwing people out there without telling a good story and keeping it entertaining and making things way too obvious. And my friend remembers. Uh, I think WrestleMania 33, yeah, because we went to WrestleMania 33, me and him, uh, in Orlando. And he, he saw something that just drove him away from wrestling. And that was, uh, I think when, uh, was it, yeah, when Undertaker, when you've seen the documentary from The Undertaker, when he said that his match, his his he felt like his match didn't live up to what he he wanted it to be what how he wanted. Is that with it. Roman? Yeah, with Roman Reigns. It didn't. My yeah. friend was my friend. That that match. My friend said he did not like that match. It was just terrible because it he it didn't meet his expectations in his in his mind. No, it didn't. I and think- it just drove him away from the product. And it and it's sad because me and my friend like he we were. He, we were into this product together. We were into the main roster, and that's what really drove us away from it. Is Vince just not trying to put together interesting storylines that's going to keep people pulled in, tuned in every week? Uh, and that's what we're missing. That's that's what's happening. No, I agree. I think again, there's really no set storylines. Like um, SmackDown had the. They had like a eight. Did they have like a ten man tag too on SmackDown this past weekend? Uh, where he had um, the Alpha Academy, Bourbon. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, they had another eight man, eight, man, eight man tag. Like these eight man tag matches, I don't understand them. Like those are like those are cringeworthy. Why are we throwing together random? Oh, it was uh, yeah, it was Apollo Cruz, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, and Alpha Academy versus, um, I think it was uh, Kevin Owens. Um, Biggie, who else was on the other team? Oh, um, the Street Profits, and I'm missing somebody else. I'm missing one more person. Can't think of the person off the top of my head. But when you do, throw those matches together, it doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. No, like, it's like throwing maybe. James Ellsworth in, like how they used to do that. They would throw him in every single week. And my friend, yeah. my friend for a while was like, okay, he was enjoying it because it was funny and it was comedic for a little bit but then it's just the same old thing every week it's the same old shtick and he got tired of it and it's like all right let's let's move on let's let's get to something right better. and i mean you you had the storyline between biggie and um biggie and uh apollo cruz right that was a good storyline you thought um biggie would have got his rematch 
And then you kind of put Sami Zayn in that kind of mix. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'm with you on this one. But then you lost me with the eight-man tag, like, like, or the ten-man tag. I, it, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense. I think, like I said, the only thing really going for SmackDown now is Roman, and Seth is there too. Clearly, it looks like Rey Mysterio and his kid are going to get a tag team championship because they because they're fighting them on Sunday. Uh, you know, so um, be, be the first father son to win a tag team championship. Uh, I could totally see that happening. But yeah, it, it's just lack of story. Just lack of story. When you have a good story, like give us a good story. Like the like the Daniel Bryan Edge and Roman was a good story. Yeah, that was like, good story. Yeah, that, that was a good story. You know, um, like I said, Jay and Roman was a good story. You know, so the Cesaro, I'm, I'm or the Triple H Seth Rollins feud was a good story. That yeah, was, that was a good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Triple H is notorious for putting people over, so that that was a good, good, good developing story. You know, so I, I think if they could get us a good story, we can definitely uh, work towards it. You know, it'll be great. Like I love Bobby Lashley. You know, I love Bobby that, but is he really getting the the justice and the process by, you know, the way they're, they're booking him right now? I don't know. You know, so it's like, all right, now this match is on Sunday. What's next for Money in the Bank coming up after? You know, so it, it just leaves a bunch of question marks. And what's going to be your narrative heading into the summer, heading into summer? Plan? Carl, my last question be, uh, for you is... AEW Blood and Guts this past week reached a million dollar view, reached a million viewership. Something like that is pretty unprecedented, uh, other than WWE today. Mm-hmm. It really, really happens. And, and when that and it was the number one rated television show on Wednesday night, it was the first time in its company's history that that's happened. When and we had John Alba on a few weeks ago, and John Alba said that if they would have had the Blood and Guts match in Prudential Center a few months ago before the pandemic hit. This already would have been done, and they would have really turned. Not that WWE was going anywhere, but they would have would have turned the viewership tide around. I mean, you're now talking about them getting into the Raw SmackDown viewership number with with the million viewership. Is this something that WWE should be concerned about that this is happening? I mean, especially something that they didn't think could be on their level is now getting a million viewership. Listen, like I said, I just did the presentation on it, and um. The only way AEW would be a threat is if we have Monday Night Wars Part 2. They're not on the same night. And clearly NXT moved from Wednesday to Tuesday. And they're not going to move. They're not going to move AEW. Right. No, right. So I don't think – I started watching some of um, Jericho's podcast with Stone Cold. I didn't get a chance to see all of it. But I don't think AEW is really concerned about WWE and trying to compete with them. I think it's just a matter no, of – No, I don't either. I don't yeah, think – I think yeah. they were at one point, but now they're not. Yeah, I, I think they're just trying to provide an alternative product yeah. for those who may not like WWE. Yeah. You can watch their stuff. I honestly, I DVR AEW every single week. Sometimes I get to it. Sometimes I delete it. Sometimes I don't. You know, I think um, as far as young talent, I love MJF. I think he's great. Yeah, he <laughs> his, is. His, his, his in-ring promos are great. Oh, I okay. think he has Carl to be the best heel in this business. Yeah, but I, I, really I don't do. think... Yeah, I don't think they can threaten WWE because WWE has is the their branding is impeccable in terms of they're the number one revenue wise. Also, because they have the network, they bring in the most money. The And the ratings will, WWE's ratings will continue to plummet, AEW's will rise, but they can't compete. That's not competition unless they're going head to head. Like if, no. like, like, like if AEW moved to Mondays or Fridays, then you're like, okay, that would be their next move if they really wanted to compete is they'd have to basically go head to head with WWE on one of their nights. And then that's, that's when I think Vince would be scared shitless because AEW has put themselves on a Wednesday time block. There's no WWE on that day. So it really doesn't matter because people like 
AEW well, would literally have to say, okay, Vince, we're going for you and try that. But I don't know if they'd want to do that because, again, they saw what happened with WCW and now is, you know, the, that's when Vince would be forced his hand. Absolutely. And I have one more question. What do you think about uh, WWE possibly doing a partnership with MLW? Because that was kind of in the question for a little bit. And there were some news about it last week going around on the internet. And MLW and WWE, WWE wants to partner with MLW to give NX, some uh, mid-card NXT people a chance to make themselves known on a different show. Yeah, I, I think it's a good partnership as long as both parties, uh, they're both getting benefit out of it. Maybe WWE may be using some of their stars and vice versa. Um, you know, we've seen this earlier on. I think WWE did this before with ECW earlier on. You know, they were getting some yes, ECW talent back and forth. So I think it's a beneficial way to to go um, as long as they're both succeeding from it. It's not going to hurt anyone. It's not going to hurt any brand. One thing I will say that I say to my hit list guys all the time, I feel like social media ruins professional wrestling. I don't know how many times I have to say, like, I don't read the dirt sheets. I don't read the rumors. I like to go in blinded and read the, and, and try to watch the product for as is. Because if I go in there and try to figure out if a guy's contract, it just ruins it for me. So I think, you know, um, to help wrestling fans uh, is try not to get too invested. Because I, when, when I watched wrestling during the Attitude and Ruthless Aggression era, there was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. I wasn't going on to see what guys are doing. I just watched Raw and SmackDown, and turned, turned it off, and then turned it back on when it came time to watch it again. The most media I was getting, I, I had the WWE magazine. So I think, you know, part of that, defeats the product but i think those companies that that company will definitely help wwe all right carl before we let you go tell the fans how they can reach you out on social media and, and all your shows and plug everything in that you need to plug in my friend all right it's gonna take a while but i'm gonna try to get through it quickly so, go for it man Do uh, it we got the sports hit list by the fans and for the fans live exclusively on the worldwide sports radio network you can check it out so on wednesday tomorrow's show will be at five o'clock not four uh, my schedule's a little conflicting but we definitely get a show on four or five o'clock you can check us out there on wednesday we have my wife's show called The B Show. You can check out on Thursdays at 5 o'clock. We also have Smoke and Mirrors um, presented by the Sports Hit List. You can check that out on Mondays and Fridays at 1 o'clock. The Falco Takeaway as well, uh, Tuesdays, I believe, at 1 o'clock. Um, and now we're going to start doing some uh, pre-games, 2 p.m. Thank you, Speedy. 2 p.m. for for, 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 for Falco's show. And we're going to start doing some uh, pre and post for pro wrestling uh, pay-per-views so you can check that out on Sundays anytime there's a, a pro wrestling pay-per-view we're going to do our best to do a pre pre-show and a post-show NBA playoffs are coming up that means the sports hitlist will also be doing some post-game live reactions to the NBA playoffs uh, check that out and uh, just check out our YouTube the sports hitlist check out our Instagram sports HL our Facebook page we have a Facebook group uh, so yeah we're all over the sports hitlist on any of social media platform sites and you'll be able to find us Love it, Carl. Thanks so much for joining us tonight, man. We appreciate it. Sorry, love. Listen, the invitation is open for a lot of come. Listen, I'm call me. Let me know when he's here. I'll pull up and we'll have that conversation. <laughs> I, I, anyone who wants to disrespect Roman Reigns has to hear it from me, and I will tell you right now, he has to acknowledge Roman Reigns. Just acknowledge the tribal chief. Just acknowledge the head of the table, and his life will be better. That's it.
We know what it well, is. Have your, phone, have your phone next to you. We're going to reach out to you in the next week or so. And we're going to get you guys together. And we're going to let this topic and discussion happen for sure. Man. Let me know, man, for sure. It was a pleasure. As always, you guys need anything, just let me know. And I'd love to have you guys on. Just let me know if you want to jump on uh, before pay-per-view or after. We'll work it out. Thanks a lot, Carl. Appreciate Thanks, Carl. it, man. Have a good night. All right, dude, you take care. All right, you too. Uh, you guys take care. I'll talk to you guys in the Thanks, chat. Thanks, man. Be good. Carl Kulaj, ladies and gentlemen, from the Sports Hit List. Awesome guest to always have. Um, always a pleasure to have him on. We 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 love it. And uh, listen, he gave a lot of great insight. It's it's unfortunate Lyle couldn't be here for this debate, but that's okay. He's he's feeling under the weather. Um, he will be back for it. Uh, I know he's got things to say. But Carl made some really good points. Oh uh, yeah, he did. He absolutely yeah. did. And the one thing that really got my attention the most from his discussion was with the discuss the discussion we had with him was that. WWE, they need to, they need to have better storytelling. They need to come up with better ideas. They need just all around better ways, productively and better booking for every Monday Night Raw and SmackDown show. I agree with you. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna get to Alex's MOW update. Um, I don't know if we're going to have time for Push Fire Job this week, but that's okay. We'll get to our finishing move after that. It's kind of a wrap on this episode of Off the Mat here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Are you ready? See ya! Welcome back to Off the Mat with Alex Lowe's, Josh Silverberg, and Lyle Gillen. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the last few minutes of Off the Mat here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, joining you every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. And we want to thank Carl Kulas from the Sports Hit List for joining us for the last couple of minutes earlier. Uh, gave us a lot of good insight. For, and, of course, a shout out to Lyle Gillen. We miss him this week, but he will be back with us next week. Um, also, shout out to Speedy Petey. Always doing his thing, being the producer, man. We appreciate everything. And, of course, myself with Alex Slows. Um, here it is. How do you download our app to listen to all of our shows? It's quite simple. If you have an iPhone, you go to the Apple Store, you type in WWSRN. If you have an Android, you go to the Google Play Store. You type in Worldwide Sports. You get all of our show schedules, our content, our articles, anything you might have missed, a show you want to rewatch or re-listen to again. If you're driving, you can listen to the audio feed. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Instagram, you name it. We're on it, Twitter, and then of course worldwide sportsradio.com. Our articles are excuse me, our app is free. It's that simple. All right, Alex, it's time for you to do uh, MLW stuff, and then it's already going to be time to get to our finishing move, man. It's crazy. This show went- Yeah, this show flew by. Yes, it did. Absolutely. So let's get to our MLW stuff with some Fabu Andre. Did he wrestle this week, Fabu? No, Fabu's on oh. AW. He's on AEW Dark. He's on- uh, Oh, man. He's on AEW Dark. I thought he was on MLW. But a match we did have oh. that- uh, this Oh, you're going to upset me now. You're about to upset me. This star, it, this star was on AEW. Laredo Kid had a match against Gringo Loco, and I enjoyed this match. Great Lucha Libre showing throughout the match against Laredo Kid. Laredo Kid was very, very good with the, the uh, arm drags, the submissions, the holds, everything. 
he was using throwing at Gringo, Loco, and just wearing his opponent down. And eventually, Laredo Kid won the match. Champion, how to you, American Combat Wrestling, WWN, FIP, you name it. Multi, uh, small promotions in the state of Florida. Ariel Dominguez, he had a match against Richard Holiday. Uh, it, it it was a very short match. It was not a match I was expecting. To, I didn't I didn't expect this match to to play out this way. I I expected to, I I wanted to see Ariel Dominguez go back and forth for, with uh, Richard Holiday, but we didn't we did not get that. But hopefully one day we will eventually one day. And then we had the MLW middleweight title match: oh, Myron Reed me. versus Leo Rush. Two. Oh, this is gonna upset me. This match was 15 minutes and 56 seconds long. Uh, Leo Rush had most of this match throughout the whole bout. The whole way through, he had Myron Reed ground, uh, grounded. He had, he had Myron Reed on the ropes. Myron Reed, he looked like he was done. He was out. He was gassed. It looked like Leo, Leo Rush had this match in the bag. But then Myron Reed, he... Hit his signature move, the 450 off the springboard 450 from the ropes. Hit Leo Rush with that and won the match. And he is now the MLW middleweight champion for the second time in MLW's history. And the first two-time MLW middleweight champion. I know Josh is a bit upset about that. I am too. I, I It's not how I wanted the match to go. But at the same time, it, it, it was a really, it was a, a good performance. Both competitors gave everything they had in this match. They left it all in the ring. And it, 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 was, it was something that I was looking forward, forward to the whole week. And uh, MLW, you nailed it. It, it they, they were right on the money with it. It was great. Well, listen, I look at it this way. Leo Rush is going to get that championship back. That's a fact. Um, he's growing immensely since he's left the WWE between MOW and New Japan and doing everything he's done. It's really crazy about every, all the good stuff that he's really... But I do have you know, I do have one more MLW update. Oh, well, excuse me. Selena DiLorena confirms that she is done with MLW... And she possibly might join WWE. Alicia Toot is having a party. I bet she is. <laughs> I, she, I know somewhere she is. <laughs> she, uh, but she, uh, there is a statement from her on her Instagram. Uh, my contract is up. Thank you, MLW World. I'll never forget where, where I came from. But where am I headed? Tag your favorite promotion. We're looking for gold. She has been retweeting fans' comments and posts wanting her to join WWE or AEW. Where do you think she might go, Josh? Where do you, you know think what? is I the could, best? I could best see her go. Her to go. I could see her go to NXT and join Legada del Fantasma. Oh, <laughs> I would love that. That's what I could see. Oh I, man, I could see that happening. Oh, uh, I think it would be interesting um, if they want to turn Santana and Ortiz heel. She could become their manager. So, I mean, we could go that route. But I think Legata felt to El DeFantasma would be ideal. I think um, there's so many different options, openings, opportunities for her to go to. I, uh, could be, I Another thing, too, if she goes to AEW, she could be uh, Death Triangle's uh, manager. 
Yeah, that's true. She could always do that as well. That would be interesting. And then, uh, listen, like I said, we will see where that goes. But Alex, thank you for the awesome MLW uh, update. We're going to like I said, one a little early tonight. That's okay. I think we all, like Alex and I want to relax. <laughs> I said I had long days of work today. So we're going to go uh, relax a little bit. But Alex, I will let you start with uh, your finishing move first. What is your finishing move? So move? my finishing move is about New Japan and the the uh, shocking news that I, I read earlier on the show. I think that New Japan, they have to find some way. Some, they need to be able to resume shows at some point because that's just really uh, – it's, it's uh, heartbreaking to me because I'm – I'm so into New Japan, and they're really looking forward to seeing Will Ospreay and Okada go out in the Tokyo Dome, and it just it, it sucks. It really does. But that's where we're at right now with this pandemic. My finishing move is if you didn't see Dark Side of the Ring on Vice, if you didn't see the debut episode on Thursday, it was about Brian Effin Pillman. Okay. Now, for those of you that don't know who Brian Pillman is, he was uh, a former wrestler who passed away in 1997 from a heart condition. From why we don't know. Some say drugs. Who knows? He had a lot of personal demons in his life, a lot of issues. Um, he played for the Cincinnati Bengals for a little bit. He went to the W. Went to WCW afterwards. After he joined uh, Stu Hart's Stampede Wrestling Company. Um, if you haven't watched Dark Side of the Ring, go watch it. And if you want to see a famous promo, I know for a fact Alex has never seen this promo. It's Brian Pillman's promo in ECW. You ever seen it before? No, but I've seen the one on Stone Cold. No, 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 When we're done, watch the one in ECW that he did. Watch it. That is promo 101. When you have the freedom to say and do whatever you want, that's how you take advantage of a situation. Brian Pillman threatened to take his Johnson out and piss all over the ring. Go watch it. You'll understand why it's important that I tell you that. And it sounds confusing now. But if you are a true wrestling fan, if you are a real wrestling fan, it is one of the greatest promos done in the in the. And I've watched a lot of promos. I've seen a lot of people talk. In my eyes, it is one of the top five greatest promos in wrestling history. It is that good. It is amazing. Go watch his reaction. Go watch how his eyes are in front of the camera. Go watch how threatening he is to Joey Styles. Now, this was after he had his accident in his, uh, in his, hum in his Hummer when he went through the window in his Hummer. And he had to have um, plates in his face put in. And he had to have screws in his leg. He wasn't the same. But what he did was, he was somebody that I know for a fact. And you know, obviously, you know who his son is. His son is Brian Pillman Jr. Mm -hmm. Who's in AEW and was in MLW. Varsity Blondes. Yep, yep, yep. The Varsity Blondes. Yeah. Which, by the way, the group that Brian Pillman and... Bet you didn't know this. Stone Cold Steve Austin, they were a tag team together. It was the Hollywood Blondes, Flying Brian Pillman, and Stunning Steve Austin in WCW. And they were a tag team together. 
when Brian got fired by WCW, he went to ECW and he took advantage of a situation. And it was one of the... Alex, I'm telling you, if you're a true wrestling fan, go watch this promo after this show is over. Just go, go on your phone, go on your computer, go on YouTube, just type in Brian Pillman ECW. And it's the, it's the one that says 9 minutes and 59 seconds, not the 9 minutes and 54 seconds. The one with 9.59, that gives you the whole promo. Go watch it. You will love it. You will enjoy it. It is an interest. Go watch Dark Side of the Ring. You need to watch it if you are a wrestling fan. It is an amazing, amazing series. This week, we they have Nicolas Cage coming on. Nicolas Cage is one of the sickest wrestlers on the planet. He did death matches galore all over the place. That is on Thursday. I'm telling you fans, if you're wrestling fans, go watch it. It's good stuff. But go watch the Brian Pillman documentary. And go watch the Brian Pillman ECW promo. You will not be disappointed. It is amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. So that is it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Lyle Gunn, he, uh, unfortunately feeling under the weather, he will be back with us next week. I will be on again tomorrow and Thursday on the Sports Lab Match with myself, Speedy PD, 9 to 11 tomorrow. And then 9 to 12 on Thursday, we will be talking all different things. We have uh, met, actually on Thursday, we have one of the Met Beat writers that is going to be joining us on Thursday at 10 o'clock. So that's going to be good. Justin Descano, um, he's going to be joining NFL. We're going to get into NBA. We're going to get into MLB. We're going to get into NHL with the NBA and the NHL playoffs around the corner. So we're going to talk all about that. And, of course, don't forget the weekend crunch with myself, BEP, and Errol Marks on 103.9 every single Saturday from 7 to 9 p.m. on the 103.9 FM LI News Radio Network on, uh, I believe, radio.com as well. Or, again, you can always just, uh, again, if the owners have a game, have a home game, we will be on after the owner game. And, of course, check us out right here on Off the Mat, myself, Alex Lowe's, and Lyle Gillen every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. We're the only wrestling show. We want to thank Carl Coulage from the Sports Hit List for joining us. Uh, we're excited for him to do uh, his pre and post pay-per-view shows for WWE. I think that's a great idea. I think it's awesome. And um, we'll definitely be making appearances for sure. For myself, for Speedy P, for Alex Lowe's and Lyle Gillen, I'm Josh Soberg. Alex, watch the damn promo after this show is over. Do you understand me? Go watch it. You're not going to watch it. I know you're I not. I will. You know, you know, you're gonna say I'm too tired. That's what you're gonna say. Watch it. I watch it after my haircut tomorrow. See what I mean, ladies and gentlemen. At least I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> you see what I mean? You see what I deal with? I tell him to go watch. <laughs> At least I'm going to. No, you watch it tonight after your haircut. After <laughs> my haircut. My haircut. I'm Josh Silver, ladies and gentlemen. This is Off the Man, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Thank you so much to the fans for listening. And again, don't forget to download our app. Um, if you have an iPhone, again, you go to the Apple Store, type in WSRN. If you have an Android, you go to the Google Play Store, type in Worldwide Sports. Also, WorldwideSportsRadio.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope. Alex, plug the website one more time for all the fans out there. Off the Mat Google website. Look it up on our Twitter page at Off the Mat WWSRN. It is on our Facebook page as well. Same tag for our Facebook page. It'll take you directly to the website once you click on the link and you get access to our show archive page our our contact page you get access to our guest list for the 
June 15th anniversary show, our one year anniversary show, anniversary show. That's going to be fantastic. And uh, you're going to want to tune in for that. Awesome, Alex. So again, for myself, for Alex Lowe's, for Speedy Petey, I'm Josh Silverberg. Thank you so much for listening to Off the Man here on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Let's go Knicks tonight. Kenny Omega, what do you have to say? Good night, everybody. Listen to Kenny Omega right now. I must beat you at you, so stay with me now if you know it. Goodbye. And good night. Thank you for listening to Off the Mat on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.